It's not often that someone refers to me as OG, although I guess I am now old enough to be OG at some things. And one of the things that I uh, was recently sort of described as being OG in is this world of entrepreneur and founder mental health. There are not very many formal trained psychologists who have been in this conversation as long as I have, uh, which I guess makes me OG. Uh, my conversation today on the podcast is with Naveed Lalani and Brad Baum, and we are talking about their recent work to create a founder mental health pledge, something that they are asking founders, VCs, lots of folks within the startup space to sign on to say, hey, we think that founder mental health is important and we're willing to put some resources and energy behind it. Of course, the topic is near and dear to my heart and to this work here in Zen Founder. And again, I'm happy to be one of the original or at least longstanding uh, clinical psychologists who's focused uh, the vast majority of my professional energy on taking care of entrepreneur well-being and fitness and optimization and sometimes good old-fashioned crisis intervention and help. So happy to share Naveed and Brad's work and the way that they are taking this conversation to the next level of making it sort of a universal assumption that founder mental health is something that uh, investors are, as a default setting, including in their packages of support for entrepreneurs. So hope the conversation is interesting and um, it helps move our general shared understanding of the importance of mental health forward. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Well, I am so delighted to be having a conversation with Naveed and Brad, the co-creators of the Founder Mental Health Pledge, which is sort of like taking the internet by storm right now. So um, what is this mental health pledge, guys? Uh, thank you so much for, for having us. Uh, so my name is Naveed. The pledge is uh, focused on destigmatization de uh, of founder mental health amongst the com startup community. We're focused on having investors committing to encouraging the founders to seek therapy, coaching, group peer support, and treat it as a business expense. Um, and, and that's the kind of the core of the pledge is destigmatization and treating it as a business expense. You know, we think about, you know, how entrepreneurs and investors look at accounting or legal, right? Like it's part of your your OPEX, it hits the startup's PL. It's something that you need to operate your startup. While investors say that they invest in founders, not ideas, well, the founder is mind, body, and soul. So we believe that they should be investing in those things as well when they invest in a founder, and it should be a, a, a business imperative. So I've been obviously like in this space for many years, and it seems so obvious to me that that is an essential investment in the well being of the founder and then the well being of their company. What what are the barriers to people being able to use company funds for their mental wellness practices, for their coaching, for their therapists? Like, why is that a hard sell to the world around us? 
Yeah, I can I can go, uh, and then Brad, if you want to add too. I think there's a lot of stigma still around around mental health. I think in general, coaching is an expense. Executive coaching is an expense that investors see as something that you know should be paid for by the company and is an acceptable expense. But as I'm sure you've talked about in this podcast, data shows that. 72% of entrepreneurs have a history with mental health challenges, whether because of their family background or their own background. So entrepreneurs don't just need coaching. Coaching is great, but they may also need therapy. And we want to allow for that as well as coaching. And I think that's where the, the gap is, right, is uh, what's happening right now with, with coaching is uh, the coaches that entrepreneurs are hiring are kind of serving as therapists, but they can't actually do therapy technically, right? So it's like this really weird gray area. Or did, or even worse, they don't know how to, right? So yeah, I think there's, I think it's finally time to break that open and have investors say, hey, look, like I want you to work on your mind holistically, not just from business coaching, but also mental performance coaching or uh, therapy, um, and and you know even using apps, whatever else they need to really make sure their ment- their mind is like mentally fit and resilient. Uh, Brad, what's the um, what's what have you seen in terms of like, you know, the issues on adoption of this or around? on uptick of this kind of thing in the past. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I would agree very strongly with, with, with the point you just made, as well as an, an earlier point, which is that there's this saying or expectation amongst early stage investors, which is like team, 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 team. It's all about the team in the early days. And frankly, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, have to have a great idea, have to have execution, but like a lot may change. The team won't, they may grow, but like you're going to have the core team. So that that's sort of one as just a, a foundational principle here, but then two, completely stigmatized. And I think it's important to to view that through the, the nuance that exists within entrepreneurship in particular, which is such that there's this hustle culture, grind, hustle, everything's up and to the right. If you go to these conferences, you go to the, the Forbes under 30 event, everyone's just, everything's going amazing. I'm crushing it. You know, just sign this up and to the right revenue growth. And while that's like there's it's amazing to have a positive spirit and the founder certainly has to be sort of the cheerleader and optimistic about how things are going. It actually just the negative byproduct of that, that is that it reinforces this mask that I think a lot of founders feel there's a necessity to, to keep on at all times. And, and you see it as an investor. You see it. I think most people intuitively sense it even at these sort of these conferences and only when, and speaking from personal experience, when you get like really close with a founder and can have an authentic, vulnerable conversation around like, hey, how are things like actually going? It's usually not all rainbows and sunshine. And so, so that's a really difficult position for a founder to be in is like, how do I tote the line of being vulnerable, but also like being this optimistic leader, which, which you have to be. And that's super, super lonely and, and isolating of a feeling. And the last thing I'd say on it is that who can relate? Like not many people can relate to a founder. And when I say relate, I mean, empathize, not just sympathize, especially when you have this, this sort of prerogative, which is that you need to appear super strong to your employees all the time, bulletproof to your investors, even potentially to your, your spouse or significant others. Like, Hey, you took a bet on me to, to go and do this, whether it's build pioneer mind or any other company for that matter. And so I think there's a lot of just baked in friction and that's why we haven't seen adoption, but, and very importantly, I think investors have one of the loudest voices in the room when they take a stance and say, you know what, treat this as you would anything else in the business because it's that important. So it sounds like a lot of your message is around normalizing, hey, this is hard. 
and it's okay to need some help and support and to struggle. So that's the sort of destigmatizing part of being really upfront and clear and open about mental health conversations as founder conversations. And then it sounds like the second piece of this conversation for the two of you is access, right? Making this a business expense, making it part of the protocol if you're in an incubator or if you're in an accelerator, uh, if you're taking investment. It's just something that sort of happens for every founder who's in that kind of process and the idea of making it affordable and accessible to everybody. Yeah, I think I'll kind of comment on uh, both of those things. So the, you know, for Pioneer Mind, my company, which uh, Brad is also an investor in, you know, our, our motto actually is, and you can see this on our website on pioneermind.com, that we don't make startups easier, we make founders stronger. Okay. So what do I mean by that, right? So I think I think these words such as like founders need support or help or, 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 or et cetera, I think they're well-intentioned, but I don't think they resonate with founders, because no founder is going to, if you ask a founder, hey, are you strong and are you resilient? Are you confident? Are you motivated? Can you perform under pressure? They're going to tell you, yes, that's, that's my DNA, right? They're going to tell you that, okay? And it isn't their DNA. So what's the actual challenge? Right? The actual challenge, in my opinion, is that founders don't just need a regular level of confidence or a regular level of you know, perseverance or a regular level of resilience. They actually need like, something that's you know, maybe 10x what a normal person in corporate world would need, right? They have to use their brain much more they have to be much more resilient they're on this roller coaster all the time right so just you know if you're on a roller coaster putting on a seatbelt is not oh do you need help putting on your, you know do you need a seatbelt no of course you need to but you're on a freaking roller coaster right so that, that that's why i really believe that founders should look at this more as not help but up leveling let's level up even more let's put on that seatbelt that we have to have and it's just part of the game right so that that's that's my perspective on it and that's why we call it mental fitness. And yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, you know, it should be a business expense. It should be uh, accessible. And accessibility comes, of course, from pricing, but also from destigmatization. And, and, and those are the components that, that we think about. Yeah, I think it's been interesting to be in this world as a, uh, for me, as a clinical psychologist who has very, very significant training, both in therapy, but also in uh, what we call preventative mental health and how we think about preventing problems before they start. And I get sort of thrown in with this world of executive coaches. And I think sometimes it can be very hard for founders to differentiate these different roles around them and the difference between a therapist and a coach and what the expertise may be. I guess I'm just curious how that comes up with your conversations with investors and what should be covered versus, you know, what shouldn't, how you prioritize the kind of support. And I do like the word support because I think that big, strong buildings are are based on like very strong foundations that support their strength and their height and things like that. But um, so, yeah, Brad, it looks like you want to jump in there. I, I think that it's important not to... I can appreciate the the frustration that uh, you know someone as credentialed as yourself may feel with like being looped into something that requires less credentialing, and maybe that's not even the, the point that you're making. But I can imagine that's that's a frustration. And even myself, who's spent like considerable time, quote unquote, in the mental health space, I still don't know the difference between the ninety different you know LCSW versus a. There's so many that it's overwhelming. And so, how do we expect someone who is just engaging in the behavioral or mental health care field for the first time to delineate between all these things? I, I think the answer is we can't, or the responsibility is on us as providers to 
to make it exceptionally clear and in layman's terms. That being said, I don't think it's the investor's right, frankly, or or what's in the best interest of everyone to be like, hey, uh, we cover coaching and we don't cover this. Now, if it if it comes down to like a financial concern where a, a PhD clinician is, is simply too costly to the business, that, that's another conversation. But I think as far as this pledge goes, the feedback loop is sort of like, do we see that founders feel encouraged and emboldened to make a selection of a provider to work with, whether it's a coach or a, a, a therapist or a, a psychologist, psychiatrist, et cetera, and keyword encouraged. Like really it's about, okay, you've now heard that blank fund puts their stamp of approval on this and supports the ongoing maintenance of a founder's mental health and considers it a business expense. You should feel liberated as a founder to go and act on that. And if it's met with hesitation, resistance, questioning, that, that sort of, of mentality, that's a pretty good indicator that the investors are not following through, so to speak, uh, on their commitment here. But we were very careful not to make it like this legally binding document that investors signed because we both know from, from being sort of on the inside, the slog of getting adoption there would just be so, so long. Your sales cycle would be out of control. But really, the measure is, are founders doing this and are they being met with encouragement rather than questions and things like that? And what are the basic tenets of the pledge? I mean, maybe one of you could even read it. Like, what is it that you really want people to examine carefully and sign on to say, yes, I'm in support of this? Yeah, so I want to give uh, credit to Brad for much of the copy of the pledge. He's a brilliant writer. So, Brad, why don't you take this question? (laughs) I don't know about all that, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I think I'm happy to, to... We can pull up the, the pledge really quick and I can skim through the, the sort of meat of it. Yeah, it's at founderpledge.com for everybody listening. Yeah, yeah, founderpledge.com. Um, so it says pretty clearly, by signing this pledge, we make a commitment to take an active role in encouraging mental health care for founders and the greater startup community. That's one. And two, and, and you may be wondering, what does active mean? And we should talk about that. Um, and two, we pledge to encourage the founders we partner with to invest in their personal mental health and build a workplace culture that promotes mental health. So the outlook there is, is sort of rolling into what we what we just touched on. It's like we want investors to be the cheerleaders of this because of how loud their voice is in that room. It's totally different when you hear your significant other or friend or potentially even a fellow co-founder or, or a fellow founder rather say, Hey, you know, I really think it would be wise to, to, to examine your mental health and work on it. I think that can be met with this like, yeah, but like hustle culture, grind, grind, grind. I should feel like, shit. but when your investor says, Hey, no, look, it's actually not about you being weak. And, and to Naveed's point, it's about increasing the probability of success. And let's say an investor, like, I don't think this is the case. I think most people actually care. They just haven't had a conduit to showing the world that they're caring. That's sort of what we're hoping we've provided. Um, but let's say you actually really just don't care about founder mental health as an investor. That's fine. If you do care, or at least you have to say you care as a fiduciary to your limited partners, if you do care about your fund's returns, something I've thought a lot about is like, as investors, you're, you're, you, know, you have something called power law, which just states that like a, a small minority of your investments are going to return the fund, hopefully 15, 20 times over. And so- when you look at like sort of your your returns distribution and you see a lot of, and this is just the case for most funds because it's just the business we're in, one to three X returns, I would encourage investors to ask themselves, 
how many of those one to three X's could have been five to 25 X's had the founder not been, and I've heard this before, sadly, crying on their bathroom floor before they did their, their stand up in the morning. If it's so much about team, why have we not seen that translate into how investors encourage the team to protect themselves and level up? And so really the, the, the pledge ambition is to reinforce this concept. It's a lot more psychological than anything else. The psychological backing they need to say, look, I feel comfortable now allocating a portion of my spend to making sure I, the founder, the leader of this company, am as strong as possible. Because as we all know, this is not an easy journey. Like you're borderline insane for going and starting a company. That's a ridiculous thing to do when you look at the the return likelihood and the- The rates of success. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so if you're doing it, you better protect yourself and like armor up. And so I, I really just hope the, the intention here is that this brings awareness to, to that component, which I think people really know. It's This isn't like some secret. It's just not widely discussed. And that's what we're hoping to change. And what's your like audacious hope with this? Like every VC, every investor, like is this really sort of targeted towards VCs, investors? Who do you want to really pay attention? I would like this to be something that if a VC hasn't signed, they don't get deal flow. That's, that's my goal, right? Like VCs, I think it's, it's time for investors to say, hey, you know what? We're not going to talk about mental health in the shadows or quietly. It's not a weakness, okay? Being neurodivergent is not a weakness. It's actually a strength. And it needs to be harnessed properly to, become, to make you even stronger. And, 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 and that's the goal is for every investor to sign in. And if, if they don't, then, you know, founders can make the decision if they want to work with that investor or not. We have, you know, 50 venture capital firms that have signed it so far. We want to get to hundreds and hundreds. That's, that's the goal, right? And we also have about 200 startup leaders, whether individual investors or executives or founders that have signed it. And so we want prominent founders to continue signing this to show to them that, hey, look, I'm also getting support. I believe in this, right? And this is a business imperative. And then to also add on to, I want to kind of share two things, you know, with, uh, on top of what has been discussed so far. So in the pledge, right, we make it very clear, uh, along with what Brad said, we also say we pledge to be supportive of founders treating the direct cost of caring for their mental health as a legitimate, worthwhile, and encouraged business expense, including therapy, coaching, group support, and app-based solutions. Founders should look at their mental health as a business priority, okay? So again, to us, like, it's, it's, not, it's not optional. It's not, hey, you need poor you founder, you need help. No. As Brad said, as you said, right, we're doing something so like almost insane that you have to have an insane amount of resilience, an insane amount of belonging, an insane amount of confidence. And the second thing I'll add, I think is very, very important, right? And so you see one of the words we, we used in the pledge is and the greater startup community. So why did we say that? Okay. We don't just believe in founder mental health. Okay. If founders are mentally healthy, mentally resilient and, and balanced, that's actually going to affect their teams. And that's then going to affect their business performance. So Pioneer Mind has actually done research that shows, if you go on PioneerMind.com, you'll see that we've done research that shows that, you know, founders that get therapy and coaching, whether individual or group, actually have improved business performance, they have improved fundraising ability, they have improved employee retention. And so all of these things, you know, yes, you know, Brad and I love founders, right? And actually Brad, you know, comes from a venture capital background. So we also love investors. They're the ones that are investing in this, this innovative founders, right? Like without them, you know, uh, it would be very hard to, to be able to kind of take the bets that we take as founders. But ultimately, you know, it's about the individuals that these founders are managing and the people that are looking up to them and following them. And for them to be healthy, I think the leader has to 
kind of lead by example. Uh, and, and that's really why we put in there that it should also be something that's important for the larger startup ecosystem to destigmatize mental health for everybody, not just founders. But if we start with founders, I think we can do it for everybody else too. Maybe this is an sort of ancillary add-on, but it is interesting also to think about the implications of founders' mental health for their family and their well-being. And I, I think we forget, in the, especially in the investor space, how much havoc family chaos will wreak on a founder's ability. And that's the first place in which their mental health will have a negative impact. So if a founder starts to struggle, usually it's going to show up in their family and their, you know, the romantic relationships and in their parenting before it shows up in their work. But the instability in that part of their life will absolutely <laughs> leak over into the other parts of their life. So it may be interesting to even think about how to engage the significant others of founders and have it be a little bit more of a whole startup community conversation because I think it's really easy for folks to forget that the first investor is often that life partner. It's the person who is like investing their time, their personal wealth, their weekends, their nights, and is the first line of mental health support, <laughs> the free consulting, the free driving, the meal service, all of those things. I'm so glad you, you brought that up because it's, it's, it's really an important piece to call out. It's like, and, and I think I want to be clear as far as my intentions, I won't, I won't speak for Naveed, but I think he, he likely feels the same way, is the coaching therapy that we're encouraging founders to get is not isolated to them just being a founder. In, in fact, something I've struggled with personally is over-indexing my own self-worth and, and value as a human being as just like my founder title. And that, that's a pretty reckless thing to do when the, the likelihood of that panning out is very small. And so it's about you as a holistic individual. Now you wear the hat founder in one context of your life. But to your point, the foundation of you being able to go out and do that is things like your, your significant other, your family, the people who support you. And so it's critical that, that you're not just getting preventative help as a founder, but across the board. And, you know, the, the saying that I've always sort of, I don't know that I coined it. I think actually Howie Mandel coined it, but I've loved it. It's like, why don't we treat mental health like dental health? Whereas if I said, hey, you know, thanks so much for having me. I have to jump off early. I have a dentist appointment. I'm like, oh, cool. Brad takes care of his teeth. He gets teeth cleanings, like just like I do twice a year. But if I said, maybe not you, almost certainly not you, but in a, in a meeting, if I said I have to jump for a, a therapy appointment, it's going to be met with a lot of raised eyebrows and sort of insinuations about my stability, I think today in this current operating environment. I'm confident we're, we're heading in, in the mental health, like dental health direction, but I think there's a ton of, ton of work to do. And, and really quickly, I just want to, a little bit off topic, but hopefully this is okay. I do want to shout out some funds who have already been cheerleading in this direction. And I think it's important they get recognition because I, I would hope that other folks, you know, follow suit. And it doesn't have to be apples to apples, but they put their own spin on it. But folks like Alexis Ohanian at 776, folks like Starting Line in Chicago, Ezra and Haley have been absolute champions for this since day one. There's another fund in also in Chicago that their entire unique differentiator is predicated on, frankly, like founder support and founder mental health called 11 tribes in Chicago. Mark has been a cheerleader for this from day one. David, you, you may know of others and, and I'm sure there are others, but yeah, Felicis, uh, Dasha and Felicis, you know, uh, there's some uh, foundry, of course, like Bradfeld uh, was actually one of our biggest catalysts, right? He wrote about this pledge uh, on the day it launched. And I think that really gave us the momentum off the gate that we needed to really get the adoption we've gotten so far. And then also Aaron, who was a founder of SPB Capital, 
uh, he, he's been a huge champion for, for Brad and I in supporting the pledge and supporting founder mental health. Uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of incredible people that have, you know, kind of come around this and, and, uh, really supported this and, and made it kind of happen so far. Uh, and I think our next step now is how do we turn this into action, right? A pledge is great, you know, but how do we actually make sure? Yeah. So go ahead, state your question. And then I can, that was my next question. <laughs> The the cynical part of me is a little bit like, yeah, pledges are great. Like it's a thing you sign. It's it's a nice, like virtuous signal to your social media and your public facing campaign. Like, I clearly believe in this. This is important. It's a really hard thing to not agree with. You really look like an ass. You're like, no, I'm not about that. But how does that actually change the way the business happens? How does that change? What's the what's the take home? What do you really want to happen? if people are willing to sign up and say, yes, we believe in this, how's it going to look different a year from now? Because it, it's really important to me. It's like when, when I first started thinking about this pledge idea, I have that like cynic mind as well, which is like, oh, cool. Like you're just going to sign a little pledge and you'll make your little social media post. And of course it makes you look good. And then I was like, you know what? I actually want to leverage that because to your point, Sherry, you sort of do look like an asshole. If you, if you can't get behind this, it's like, what are you, what are you up to? But and, and Avid will probably have more to add to this in terms of like practical action items for founders and things like that. But the way I see it is now that you've taken a public stance and, and hopefully signaled to not just founders that you invest in, founders who the hundreds that you see deals and, and that you ultimately don't invest in or that you missed out on as an investor, what you signal is go take action and you will be supported. And so it's I think, Navid, you referred to it the other day when we were chatting as like this bat signal. And I think that's critical because now, now our job is to then say, okay, hopefully founders feel empowered by this. Now let's give them the actual tools to execute on it, whether it be something like Pioneer Mind or the, the multitude of other ways to engage with. I think, Naveed, we've listed out in the, in the pledge under resources. Yeah, resources.founderpledge.com. Yes, check that out. I would love to do more like actual some, some real events and, and some, some actual things that founders can engage in as perhaps like sort of this on-ramp to working with a coach, working with a therapist, doing all these things. But again, it's the feedback loop, the indicator of success, in, in, in my opinion, is whether when founders take action, they're met with encouragement versus resistance and question asking. And I'd love to, I'd love to see a world where that's, that's not the case and, and founders are, are cheering you on as you take care of your mental health. Yeah, I, I, actually, the world that I would love to see is like it's, it's actually completely neutral, right? Like, if you tell your board member, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I have Gunderson as my attorney, and here's their fee," like they're not gonna be like, "That's so great that you have Gunderson and, and you have a lawyer," right? Like, no, is this what you do, right? Like, is this part of the thing that you do as a as a startup founder, right? So that, that my goal is almost to make it like a like shouldn't even be a problem that exists, right? It shouldn't even be a thing that needs encouragement. It should just be an expected. Like, if you don't have an attorney, they're gonna ask you, "Hey, what's going on? Why don't you have one?" Right? And, and I, that's what I want for mental health and mental wellness, whether it's coaching, whether it's therapy, whether we have our own spin, we call it mental performance coaching at, at, at a Pioneer Mind, which is kind of a combination of coaching and, and therapy both. And whatever it might be, like, I want this, to, it's just to be a thing that just happens and it exists. And one more point I wanted to highlight, which I think is a very important, Brad, you brought this up a few days ago, is that this is not just for founders. You know, founders that get therapy or coaching shouldn't just be the ones that are getting it when they're in the yellow or the red. They should be getting it when they're in the green. You know, when you, it's like physical fitness, right? If you're trying to, you know, get a six pack or you're trying to lose weight or reduce your blood pressure, you don't stop just because you've not hit that goal, right? You continue because you have to. Otherwise, you're going to fall back. 
you're going to gain the weight again, or you're going to lose your six pack abs or whatever, right? Your blood pressure is going to get high again. And so this is the way we see mental fitness and mental health is, is something you continuously work on. And, you know, when you're feeling really low, you know, when you're feeling really down, it's actually, you know, you're struggling to get out of bed, right? You're struggling to have good hygiene, you know? It's probably not the right time to say, hey, let's make you mentally resilient, right? When you're feeling pretty good, when you're green, it's actually the right time, I believe, to build that additional resilience, get that armor up. And so I think, you know, just to kind of summarize there, it's very, very important for us to do this proactively, preventatively, not just when they're in the yellow or the red. I'm so glad you, you brought that up to me because I think it's so, there's this misperception of the right time to engage in any form of behavioral health care founder or not, which is, it's when I'm like, I can't get out of bed. And if, if I can get out of bed and I, I can go to the, the social outing, then it's probably not right for me. I think that's the narrative that we need to completely just set on fire. Yeah. In the public health world, we call it universal prevention. Like everybody gets it. It's good for everybody. It's like it's like your vitamins, right? It's your brushing your teeth. It's just you do it all the time as part of the maintenance of your well-being. And then there are times when maybe you need extra help or when there's a crisis and that's when you need an, an, an intervention. You need something extra to sort of reshape the direction. But yeah, this idea that this is just universally part of the story is an old idea in public health, but one in which I think probably the psychologists of the world have not done a good job of communicating it in a way that it makes sense to founders and is sticky and feels like, yes, we're doing this. So I think this pledge is a a very nice way of reshaping what feels normal and expected within the founder conversation. And yeah, I I think, you know, Brad and I have both experienced our own challenges and and stories about mental, mental health and mental wellness. And I can tell you this, like I can tell you with certainty, we're not gonna stop until this results in action. This is not just an empty promise, an empty pledge. We're gonna push, 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 push in ways that's respectful, in the ways that engages the community, including investors, in the ways that acknowledges everybody that's involved, right? But we're gonna make sure that this becomes actionable and this becomes in mental health services, mental wellness, coaching, therapy, whatever else, medication, whatever you might need, mindfulness, becomes something that founders do as a default. Beautiful. I'm excited for that world. Sign me up. Well, thanks so much for your time today, gentlemen. And um, it sounds like people can go to, where do you want them to go to learn more about the pledge and the work that you're doing? Uh, They can go to uh, founderpledge.com to take a look at the pledge, review it, look at the people that have signed it. And then uh, they can also find from there uh, a link to join the pledge. They can sign it themselves, either as an institution, as a venture capital firm, and or as an individual leader, uh, they can also go to resources.founderpledge.com to look at all of the resources we've compiled of, that founders can use for their mental health and mental wellness, including some of the things that we, we talked about. And if anybody wants to submit their company or their podcast or their resource to that list, you know, just email me at navid.pioneermind.com. And then we also have stories.pioneermind.com, where we're sharing stories of, of founders and other individuals and leaders about their own mental health journey. And we've already seen people sharing that on LinkedIn and saying, hey, my story got published, right? Like it's, it's, it's just been an amazing, amazing experience uh, so far, but we're trying to compile as many resources. And eventually, you know, right now it's literally three Google Docs that we've put together. And it was actually inspired by uh, General Catalyst's pledge that they made to SVB, right? And, and, and also YC's pledge that was made to the government. So we thought, hey, let's do, you know, a simple thing, Google Doc, people can see who's live in there. Eventually we'll make it an, like a proper website, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, they can just go to founderpledge.com and, and get to all those links from there. Uh, Brad, did you want to add anything else? Yeah, just just one quick thing. It's like Naveed and I are two guys. 
who, who don't have it all figured out. And so please, 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 if you have ideas, comments, thoughts, concerns, feedback, anything, hit us up on LinkedIn, hit us up on email, how, however you can figure, please, please, please reach out and share with us because we're, we're still trying to figure out what the best path forward is here. And I don't think it's up to Navid and I, I think it's up to us as a collective sort of community here. So, so again, please reach out and please uh, let it share your ideas with us. Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sherry. Appreciate you. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.